The Ark Benders, young people leading the way in creating a just and peaceful world, a beloved community modeled after the teaching of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. With the director of Alive Fort Wayne, Reverend Angelo Manti, and student members of the Peacemaker Academy, Samantha Morris, and Timothy Poindexter, here on episode 65 of To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. So I think on the second day, the deep question was, how have you been impacted by violence? Students don't have to share. They can pass. On that second day, most everybody shared some really deep stuff, and that's what bonds us almost immediately. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Bishop Tremble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I am your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Reverend Angelo Manti was originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana, but had navigated his way to Atlanta, Georgia to attend Candler School of Theology and to start his ministry there when he got word that his cousin, in Fort Wayne, was shot and killed. That set into motion a series of events which led Angelo and his family to move back to Fort Wayne and to throw themselves in to creating what's now known as Alive Fort Wayne. You can find it at alivefw.org, an organization which is devoted to breaking the cycle of violence in Fort Wayne and to create the beloved community modeled in many ways after the work of Martin Luther King, Jr. Among the many programs that they that uh, the Alive Fort Wayne organization has created is a summer program for youth called the Peacemaker Academy. The focus of our conversation here today between Bishop Trimble and myself is with Reverend Mantee, and student members of the Peacemaker Academy, Samantha Morris and Timothy Poindexter. And in our episode today, you're going to hear a fascinating conversation about what is involved with breaking the cycle of violence in a community like Fort Wayne 
You're going to hear about some transferable principles that churches in other communities and other uh, other pastors and other school systems can use because there is a really important dynamic between this program and the school system there in Fort Wayne. We're going to hear about forgiveness. We're going to hear about inner conflict. We're going to hear about mental health and about how the process of peacemaking is about bending an arc to towards justice. An important conversation on peace and peacemaking is the focus of this episode, number 65, of To Be Encouraged. I invite you to listen carefully. You can find all the information you need about Alive Fort Wayne at alivefw.org. And Peacemaker-Academy is the specific program we're talking about today. I hope that you'll pay close attention to understanding the importance of forgiveness and its process, the impact and the success of the Peacemaker Academy, and how this has applicable and transferable principles to your church and your your ministry setting and what you are about in terms of coordinating ministry with school systems and other entities in your community. Listen in to the conversation that Bishop Julius C. Trimble and I have with uh, Reverend Angela Manti and with students Timothy Poindexter and Samantha Morris. Let's get into that conversation right now. Our special guest today on the podcast is Reverend Angela Manti from the Alive Fort Wayne organization, which has to do with making peace in their community in Fort Wayne. And one particular program they have is the Peacemaker Academy, which is a leadership development program for high school students in Fort Wayne. And a couple of those students are with us today. They are Samantha Morris and Timothy Poindexter. So, Bishop, would you help us welcome these folks to our podcast here today? I welcome Angelo and Samantha and Timothy, and thank you for uh, sharing this time with us. Uh, we know people will be blessed and encouraged, be enlightened as a result of your sharing. So thank thank you so very much. Angel, can you just briefly introduce our two students, uh, your, yourself and the two students who are with us, and, and they can uh, say just a word about themselves? Yeah, I'm Angelo. I'm the executive director of Alive here in Fort Wayne, and uh, to my uh, left is is Samantha Morris, uh, and to my right is Timothy Poindexter. Uh, they are uh, high school students here in Fort Wayne, and they are part of our Peacemaker Academy this summer. And she'll give us just a little bit of context about how peace, about how Alive Fort Wayne came into being and then evolved into the Peacemaker Academy. A little context there. Then I want to get a little context from from Samantha and Timothy as well, but a little, just a little background here. I'm from Fort Wayne, born and raised, uh, but we um, we left to go down to Atlanta back in 2009. I attended uh, Candler School of Theology down there, and uh, we started planting roots after I graduated in Georgia. And we we went down with one child, and we had a few more when we were there, and. Um, we were we were planning to stay there uh, for uh, for the long term. Uh, but in 2016, I got a, a message uh, early in the morning on September 13th that my first cousin here in Fort Wayne was murdered. Um, he was shot and killed, in fact, just a few blocks from where we're sitting right now. And um, 
yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a little brother growing up. He was the closest thing that I had uh, to a little brother. So this is really um, something that um, it was devastating. Uh, and I had friends uh, that I lost uh, growing up uh, to gun violence, but never a family member. And um, it's something that even to this day for, for our family is, is really difficult to say the least. He had uh, three kids. Uh, he was 30 years old when he was killed. And uh, I'm, spending some time with his oldest uh, today uh, after the academy. So uh, after that happened, we felt called to move back to Fort Wayne. Um, we, we prayed about it, and uh, we were already following the trajectory of violence here in the city even before that happened to my cousin. But when that happened, you know, and I came back and I officiated the funeral, and uh, even as I was uh, preaching at the funeral, I knew it was time to come back home. And so the next year, we... Uh, we we were here uh, in the summer. Uh, we, we we moved back in uh, in June of, of 2017, and that first year we spent a lot of time just learning, uh, getting to know other families who've been affected by violence, uh, meeting with churches, uh, pastors, uh, nonprofit leaders in the community that were trying to do something about this issue of violence and trying to figure out where we fit into that. And so where we started was uh, we were coming alongside families who had been affected by, uh, by violence, uh, and especially children. There's so many kids in, in communities everywhere who fall through the cracks and who, who've been affected by violence. And so we, we started coming alongside them, connecting them to resources. Uh, we started a support group. Uh, but the more that we did that work, uh, the more we felt that we really needed to do more around uh, prevention and intervention, something that would lead to less families needing support like that in the first place. And so we got connected to this Kingian nonviolence uh, network. I went down to Selma for some nonviolence trainings and, uh, and and through that network, I got connected to uh, this school in Chicago that was doing some really cool work around nonviolence uh, education in their school in the, in the North Lawndale uh, neighborhood. And so out of that uh, emerged this vision for a peacemaker academy. You know, they were making a huge difference in their school and reducing violence. And so we, we said, hey, why not? Why not here? Let's try something here in Fort Wayne. We started with Southside High School here in Fort Wayne. The whole idea of the academy, it's a three-week experience in the summer for students where we teach them nonviolence, de-escalation, work on our uh, trauma and inner uh, peace. But then we, we go forth from the summer and walk with them throughout the course of the year to help them build peace in their school. And so uh, this is the first year we have a few students from uh, from other schools, uh, but Southside is still our, our primary focus right now. But this is the third year that we've been doing this, and we never never anticipated how fast this, this would take off. Awesome. And you got a couple of those students with us right now. And uh, Samantha Morris, you know, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're, you're a high school student, and what got you involved with Peacemaker Academy? Yeah, so I'm going to be a senior at Northrop High School. Um, and what got me involved with Peacemakers was my dad is like a pastor at the church that um, is hosting it this year. And so I've heard like a lot about it um, through that and the impact it had at Southside. Um, and I've seen a lot of like violence within my school and community. And I wanted to take Peacemakers to my school um, to help fix that and at least provide some relief for that. And uh, Timothy Point Dexter, share us a little bit about your story. What through you're in school and tell us how you got connected with Peacemaker Academy. 
Well, my name's uh, Timothy, and uh, I'm going to be a junior at Southside High School next year. And how I got introduced to Peacemakers was I have a friend who went to Peacemakers. He went to the academy a year before me, and he told me about it, and I was interested. So I started off by going to the club, and I really liked talking to the people that were there. So that's how I was introduced to the Peacemakers. Hmm. Well, Bishop, I know you had several things you wanted to uh Ask these students and Angelo about here. Uh, Just want to ask Timothy and, and Samantha, and maybe start with Timothy. Uh, you know, Peacemaker Academy, uh, I, I looked at the, the website and watched some of the videos. Uh, it, it says it, it empowers young leaders. I want to know how, how this experience is, is really empowering you as a leader and maybe some of, your, some of the backstory, you know, how, how, how you've grown as a leader and, and the benefit you see from participating in Peacemaker Academy? And the same question for Samantha. Well, Peacemakers for me has definitely impacted me a lot. It's definitely taught me how to use my mouth instead of my fist to stop violence. You know? Well, using my fist wouldn't stop violence. It would create more violence. So that's why I am learning from here how to use my words. Because it's this place, it teaches you Using your words is more courageous than fighting someone, you know, and how when you talk to people, it can resolve more than what you would do in a fight. Yeah, often it seems like a fight, a fight doesn't have a conclusion because, you know, if, if one person gets the upper hand, then, you know, no one is really, nothing is really resolved. Uh, so, so it seems like uh, Peacemaker Academy in terms of empowering leadership, there, there's a process and I know both of you have gone through, you know, the various steps related to nonviolence. So thank you so much. Samantha, I, I didn't mean to cut you off before you got started. So for me, I think it's empowered me to be a better leader in that I've learned to deal with a lot of my own like inner violence and trauma and things like that. So it's allowed me to kind of project that outwards to my family, to my friends, and hopefully to my school when we start school back up. Um, I've just learned a lot about how to deal with not only the violence around me, but within my own life. And I think that's really provided me a lot of balance and peace that I can then like use within my leadership skills to help change the community of my school. Does the academy provide an environment for you to share more of your stories or what you're going through? I know you mentioned, Jim, you mentioned the club. Can you, can you help our audience understand what are peacemaking, peacemaker clubs? Okay, so after school on Thursdays, there would be a club in one of the classrooms where they'd have snacks, we'd go, and we sit in a circle. And then they'd start off by ringing a bell to, you know, get us all calmed down and get in the mood to talk. And then we just, they pick a subject and we talk to each other about it. And, you know, it felt like peaceful, you know, it felt open because it felt like you were being judged. You know, it just felt like you could actually talk to people, which does help. And I really liked it. It was comfortable talking to the other people at the Peacemakers Club. Angelo, uh, you've talked about what are the highlights that people, you know, I know they have so many experiences. What, what do people come away from Peacemaker Academy saying, you know, how this experience has impacted them and, and, then, and how does this flow over into the school environment? Because I understand that you've got administrators now on board. People, this is kind of picking up steam. Yeah. So, 
the, the it's amazing how much we're able to fit into three weeks. <laughs> um, we're in our third week right now. We have a couple of days left, and we are uh, we are exhausted, but it's a good exhaustion. Um, there's just so much. You know, we have speakers come in. Uh, we had the dep- deputy chief of police that came in yesterday. We we do field trips. Uh, we went to, to uh, Turner Chapel. We have a really strong relationship uh, partnership with them. It's the first uh, black church established here in Fort Wayne. It's an AME uh, congregation and learning the history about the AME and the, uh, and the history of, of uh, that particular congregation here in Fort Wayne. Um, we, we spent time at the rescue mission uh, here. Um, we ate with the residents, homeless uh, men, uh, and then learn from some of their staff. And there's just just so much that we do in addition to the curriculum that we teach here. We're going to do an evaluation in a couple of days, uh, give the students an evaluation um, of the summer program. But the first two years, all the different things that we do, um, what's come out on top as the, the, the highlight of the summer experience is, are, are the peace circles. The peace circles, that's something that anybody can, it is, it is not complicated. Um, it is, you know, we, we start each day, uh, as, as uh, uh, Samantha said, in a circle. We normally start off with a more lighthearted question and then we go deeper. So I think on the second day, the deep question was, how have you been impacted by violence? The students don't have to share, they can pass. On that second day, most everybody shared some really deep stuff, and that's what bonds us almost immediately. And um, out of, of all the things we do, that that elevates to the top of the list for students of the summer experience. Now, uh, as far as how, how everything is going in the schools, you know, that's what this is all about. There are lots of summer programs out there and all of that, but we, we see this as the launching point. So the Summer Academy, it's very intense, but it's really just, it's the starting point for everything else. Uh, in the school in the past over the past couple of years what the students have been able to accomplish has has been remarkable and they they are making a a huge difference in the school and i can list you know specific things if if you want but it's 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 catching the the attention of the district to the point where you know the, and the superintendent spent time with us a couple of days ago they're working on a referendum for the fall around district safety and they're looking at weapons detection and some more resource officers and and some other things they're adding they've added a line item for us uh, because they want to see what we're doing expand into all of the Fort Wayne community schools high schools which is huge we saw that happening maybe over the next 10 years 15 years but to be happening right now is just a testament to uh, the the impact that it's having in the school and the the principal has spoken on on our behalf and the vice principal and administrators and 98 percent we did a teacher survey and a student survey I think it was it was 98 percent of students and 99 percent of teachers or maybe it was the reverse uh, that said that this the peacemakers are making a positive impact on school culture so I mean that's that's phenomenal we got to work on that. We got to work on that other 2%, I guess. (laughs) But it it shows systematic change, which is so hard to come by. Right. Particularly in the interchange between, you know, a a kind of a church-based or religion-based thing and school systems and government systems and all that kind of thing. My goodness, that's a, that is awesome, isn't it, Bishop? It is. It is awesome. Uh, Let me ask about uh, the whole nonviolence, um, training and the basis for it everybody 
you know, a lot of people were born after Dr. King was assassinated. Uh, so some people have little or no knowledge uh, other than, you know, maybe uh, they heard that I have a dream speech and that there's a King holiday. But this notion of nonviolence, I, I think his last book, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was, where do we go from here, chaos or community? And it seems like there's a lot of chaos in our society when it comes to particularly gun violence. Uh, I grew up um, on the south side of Chicago, and, and you know, a lot of times the violence was really measured by, uh, in a, you know, an occasional knifing, and and you know, but now uh, we, mass shootings is almost well, it is more than a weekly occasion. So tell us a bit about the principles of nonviolence and how that. It's translated into the curriculum itself. What what do what do students learn? Maybe I should ask them what they've what what they've learned. So we like memorized the six principles of nonviolence as well as the six steps to nonviolence, and those really I mean I don't have to recite them right now, but they really taught me um, like how to have nonviolence like in a community in a realistic way. Um, so it's not just some like big like dream that's like way far ahead in the future but it's something that we can start working on now and that we can practice in our daily lives you know non by way of life for courageous people and that was one that we focused on a lot that's the first principle so really like making it a way of life and implementing it into our communities is what i took away from that the most so what what would be uh, uh this is not a test but but sir help us what would be a couple of other the principles timothy well as sammy said the first principle is that nonviolence is a way for courageous people the second principle would be the beloved community is just a framework for a better future the third principle it would be attack forces of evil not the persons doing evil the fourth accept suffering without retaliation for the sake of the cause to achieve goal. The fifth one, avoid violence of the spirit as well as fire, as well as external physical violence. And the sixth principle would be the universe is on the side of justice. Not bad, Timothy, when you put on the spotlight yet, my friend. That's right, that's right. No pressure. So that yeah, the principles the principles are the heart and soul of the curriculum. You know, Dr. King he first articulated principles in it's called a pilgrimage uh, to nonviolence. Uh, it was published as an essay, but it was also in his in his first book, Strive Toward Freedom, Chapter Six, I think. We we all, so we learn about the principles, but we also learn the steps, the six steps of nonviolence. The principles are often referred to as the will. And then the steps are the skill. That's how do you organize uh, a campaign? You know, how do you go from gathering information to education and kind of go through the process, direct action and protest if that's um, if that's necessary. But the end goal is reconciliation. Um, so the, the, the principles and the steps are the foundation. Um, but there are lots of other things, de-escalation, learning types of violence, levels of violence. This framework of nonviolence, I think, is the greatest gift that Dr. King uh, gave us, you know, we think about his achievements and, you know, the Civil Rights Act and, you know, the, the, the achievements that he that he was able to accomplish throughout his his career. But the framework of nonviolence gives us the the vehicle of to to continue to create change in our own lives and in, in our interpersonal conflicts that we have, but also in our school and our community and at the larger social level. 
Because when you talk about something as complicated as gun violence, we have to address that at the individual level all the way up to the political and social level and nonviolence. You mentioned, Angelo, and uh, about the statistics about how 98, 99 percent of the students and the teachers and the faculty in the school system say this has made an impact. This Peacemaker Academy has made an impact. I really would really be interested in hearing the story about that to see if there's actual stories that have been come to life, either in your own life, Angelo, or in uh, Timothy or Samantha, where they've seen that in play out in real life. Either it might have been in the school or it might have been at home or someplace else. But uh, I'd really like to hear from the students and from you, Angela, about any actual stories, how they've seen something that's happened in their schools where maybe there was a de-escalation or maybe there was some different approach rather than, than violence. Can any of the three of you speak to that, please? Um, I can start. So definitely around Southside, I'm, I am don't really go around the commons and stuff, but there's usually a bunch of fights that happen in the commons. But around like when peacemakers started getting bigger in the school, more fights have been de-escalated by people instead of people watching the fights, people have tried to stop the fights before they can happen. So that's a way that I've seen the peacemakers impact my school. Hey, the commons, is that the cafeteria or is that a public space or what's the commons? It's, the commons is like a big area around the school. It's like... Outside? It's like in the, no, it's in the middle, I would say, around the school. And it's like where a bunch of kids come to congregate and talk to each other. There was a particular student... Um, when we, at the beginning of this past year, the academy, uh, this is a leadership program for students who are leaders. This isn't an intervention uh, program. So these are kids that are already on a good um, path, but we wanted we wanted to work toward uh, doing more intervention. Um, and so we talked to the administrators about that and they gave us the name of one, of one particular student. And they said, this would be a good place to start. You know? because um, he's having a lot of issues. And um, and so our, our staff uh, person in the school uh, started, just started building a relationship with him. Uh, and he, he was on house arrest and was really on, on the verge of getting uh, expelled from school. Uh, and so started building that relationship and um, ended up learning about all of this trauma, just learning, learning his story um, and, and seeing where that violence, where those issues, uh, were coming from. And that's something we're really big about seeing violence as a symptom, uh, and really trying to get underneath that. And so we did that with this student and it, you know, within a couple of weeks and we had people here at the church, uh, praying for him and, uh, and really started seeing some pretty miraculous changes. And he, he told us that he wanted to be a peacemaker. So we said, all right, well, but let's start by, squashing this beef with this other student that you have and so uh, we we called them into a room together and he took the initiative and apologized for his part in the conflict And this was a really serious issue that could have really escalated they were able to squash that and put it behind them and he's been part of what we do uh, ever since been part of our peace club and so so that that's just one example one story but there there are lots of of stories like that that we could share there's there's indiv- on at the individual level but also at the at the school level 
Samantha, how about you? Have you seen any evidence of this in your life or in your school? So it's the first year that it's going to be at my school. So I haven't really seen it within my school yet. But within my personal life, I've been able to like teach everything I've learned to like my family, use it in arguments with my sister. <laughs> um, we learned affect labeling, which is basically ignoring whatever words are being spoken, buying the emotion and reflecting that back to the person and just saying, hey, I understand why you're upset. Like, this is what you're feeling. Let's figure out why and not yell about it. I've used that with my sister to kind of um, de-escalate any situation when she gets angry with me. And that's honestly helped us get along better within the past couple of weeks, I've noticed. Um, not that everything's perfect, but that's helped me within my own, like, personal, like, family life. And I feel like I'll be able to use it within my school. I've seen, like, what impact it's had at Southside. And I hope I can do the same thing when school starts. I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, we often we often think of Martin Luther King Jr. as a civil rights leader, but he was a he was a Christian minister, a Baptist minister. Uh, so I like, you know, some comments, some commentary around this is not uh, some would say this is not necessarily totally new in that, you know, Jesus teaches, you know, blessed are the peacemakers for they should be called the children of God. What does it mean uh, for us to you know, embrace this Christian principle uh, and translate it into in, into to living it out, uh, living it out. Uh, I'm wondering if some of what you're learning in Peacemakers, Samantha, for example, does that is that consistent with what we are learning or we should be learning or teaching in, in our in our church experience as well? Um, at least for me, I would say yes, like it really does align with like what I learned in church and like what I hear on Sunday mornings, um, it really does have to do with like, you know, like the love that love your neighbor, all that stuff. Really, it's kind of based off of like Jesus's teachings. I feel like that's probably what inspired Dr. King. It really is integrated with Christian life. Yeah, I, I can speak to that as well. So I, I think that one thing that the church doesn't always get entirely right is the concept of peace. Like what is peace? You know, Dr. King talked about the the difference between positive peace and negative peace. And that's something that we talk a lot about in the academy. Just not being violent isn't enough. Right? So I think a lot of times we feel like, oh, we're 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 peaceful. We're a peace a peace church or a peaceful community uh, because we're not con actively contributing to the violence. You know, like Dr. King said, you know, the positive peace is the presence of justice, right? It's not just the absence of tension. So I think that um, this whole idea of being a peacemaker, that's why we're, we use that word more and more. I mean, we use non the word nonviolence too, but we, we really like that word peacemaker because it's active. You know, we are um, actively making peace. We're actively stepping into situations of conflict and violence and injustice and making peace, sometimes causing conflict. Sometimes we actually need to create conflict in order to, to really get uh, to the heart of, of the issue of, of injustice. And so I think that peacemaking is absolutely essential and central to discipleship to this journey of, of walking with Jesus. And creating uh, peacemaking also involves and is a part of your mission, I believe, creating a beloved community. And certainly what Martin Luther King talked about, I know Bishop Trumbull talks about that all the time, creating the beloved community. But that means creation of that means you're actively involved with getting things done. I'm reminded of, you know, John 1010 about the abundant life. You know, the opposite of that is the deteriorating life. And so I've just uh, theologically, I think there are some real good foundations for this. But uh, 
Can you speak a little bit to that? The creation of the beloved, of the beloved community is kind of at the heart of what you folks are about, Angelo? Yeah. So, you know, I think there there is so much chaos in the world and so much uh, division. You know, we divide over uh, around all kinds of different different lines, whether it be race. Uh, now, you know, politically, um, the divisions that we have, the divisions that we've had in the in the church over theology. Um, and so I think, you know, beloved community really cuts through all of that, recognizes the idea that we're all we're all God's children. And how can we come together and 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 create this beautiful thing together and, and these pockets of beloved community? And that that's that to me is where it's about because a beloved community happens really in, in, in clusters. Right. The, the larger you get, the harder it is to really have that beloved community because it's about relationship. It's about being in tune with with what's going on, you know, with with uh, with your sister, with your brother. You know, I think of Acts chapter two, you know, the that that intentional community where they're living together and they're living among one another and, and breaking bread and praying for one another. No one among them had any needs. Right. And so. You know, we see that happening here in the academy. Like if there's something going on, you know, that's why we, we wanted to keep it a smaller, more intimate group. I think Jesus was on to something. Jesus could have had, you know, 2000 disciples, but, you know, he's, he's, he had 12, you know, of his closest uh, and walked with them. And so when we gather with these folks every day. Um, and we're sharing what's going on in our lives. If something happened in our home last night, you know, we're sharing that. Uh, and we know what's going on. If there are any needs, we know what's going on. Uh, and so having the, this pocket of beloved community, and that's when we look at Southside, you know, that's 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 what we're trying to, to create, some pockets of beloved community. I don't know that you can have a beloved community of 2,000 people. Maybe you can. But if every student has a place, corner of that school where they could b- – feel like they belong and have a group of students um, and, and do that in a way that's not clickish though, you know, where it's yeah. not like our group over here and your group over there, but, and, and all moving toward a more positive, more peaceful future together. That, that to me is what it's, what it's all yeah. about. But Bishop, what else do you think, or what, what are we learning here from Aliyah Fort Wayne and Peacemaker Academy, especially in terms of how this can be a, either an inspiration or a model for other United Methodist churches, our clergies, our community, because there's uh, violence is not contained to Fort Wayne, Indiana. We all know that, uh, and not just the school systems there. So, Bishop, what do you think are some transferable principles or some lessons learned here that we can apply other places? Well, I, I think of some of the sayings of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one of them being that uh, progress does not roll in on the wheels of inevitability. It translated for me is that if you don't do something, you can't expect things to get better. And what I what I give thanks to Timothy and Samantha and Angelo and a whole host of others that are not on this podcast today is, you know, they they decided to do something and invest in it. Angelo could have brought the idea. No one no one would have no one signed up. It wouldn't have made a difference. You know, students don't actually embrace it. So we've got to create the world that we want to have, the schools that we want to have. And it's not just on one person. It is, as Angelo said, you know, clusters of people who can catch a vision and decide, well, let's, I know one of the steps is you got to educate yourself and prepare yourself to do the work. So we really have to, you know, we have to create the world that we want to have. And I see that's part of what's happening. I want to do a little, like a little uh, 
game, if you will. It's not a, not a game, but, you know, a one word and, and get reflections on it from Timothy and Samantha in particular. So here's the first one. Inner violence. When you hear that inner violence, I, these are things that I've heard said that are related to peacemakers. So what is that? What do you think about when you hear that inner violence? What is that? Go ahead, Timothy. Well, when I hear someone talk about inner violence, I think about the violence of the spirit, like what you're keeping inside, like something you're not talking about or the way you're feeling. And it's eating you up. And like, if, if you keep your internal violence, like if you keep letting yourself attack yourself, then you're going to then you're going to unleash it and attack someone else. Has that been part of your experience? And do you think that's common with other students or younger people, and that they just never had a chance or a place to really to share share their stories or that? Definitely, internal violence big part of my life, and I feel that it impacts other people because people don't like talking to other people. You know, they think it's weak. So I feel like if people had something like this, or if people we're able to talk to each other more. I feel like it would definitely help a lot. Samantha, inner violence. Um, for me, I think it can come in many forms. That could be trauma, mental illness, um, mental illness caused by trauma. Really a lot of things that cause us to bring ourselves down. And in that, I feel like it brings out a lot of physical violence or outer violence that like we project out. So I think that within at least my generation, I feel like Timothy would probably agree, like inner violence is like a really big reason for why we're violent, violent externally. For me, I know I've experienced a lot of inner violence myself. And I, I think Peacemakers has helped me work through that, but also to learn that I can't have that if I want to have external peace as well, which goes right along with, I think it's principle five, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I think that when I think of inner violence, I just think of like how we can fix that um, through peace circles, things like that, um, to kind of help us get through that. It's something that like has to be worked through before we can have like true peace. Well, let, let me throw another word, and it's and, and Samantha, you can start and pass it to Angelo and then Timothy. Forgiveness. What do you think about when you hear that word? Forgiveness. Yeah, um, I think that forgiveness does have to do with inner violence because you can't really have that peace within yourself if you're not going to forgive whoever whatever has caused you harm in the past um it doesn't mean that like you're condoning whatever's happened to you or whatever that person has done it just means that you're going to accept that it happened and you're going to not really be angry anymore and you're going to kind of find that it's more about finding peace within yourself you're forgiving them for yourself rather than forgiving them for that person like, it's not a gift you're giving to them. It's a gift you're giving to yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, it's 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 something that you do for yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest misunderstandings that people have. They don't want to give that to somebody that's harmed them. But um, it's it's like, you know, Dr. Lafayette, who I learned nonviolence from, he said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. And mm. so. But but it's also a process and a resource that's really helpful. We teach this in the academy is Desmond Tutu's forgiveness. And the first is to tell your story. That's number one. And then it's uh, to name the harm, uh, to, to consider forgiveness, and then to renew or release the relationship is the fourth uh, step. But it's a, it's a process. And the whole tell your story piece, the first step 
we had a whole, whole exercise on that in the, in the academy where you know, after we asked, how have you been impacted by violence? Um, we then had the students write a letter to the, the person that caused them harm. Um, and it was just a journaling exercise. But, but being able to, to name, name the harm and tell your story is such an important part of that, uh, what can be a really lengthy process depending on the severity of the issue. Thank you, Timothy. You, you hear the word forgiveness, and we talk about wanting to be peacemakers. And uh, and Angelo talked about another student that they had to bring in to work out through something. What do you think about forgiveness? Is that something that 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 we 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 really don't pay attention to, or? Yeah, I feel like people take forgiveness for granted because they feel that they don't want to give the person they don't want to give the person like make them feel good about themselves you know they don't want that person to feel like everything okay you know like they're good and happy and everything but forgiveness isn't trying to make the person that you're forgiving feel better about themselves is forgiveness is telling it's like accepting that something happened and that you have no hate towards them and it helps you because um, not forgiving someone eats you up inside. And you're when you're holding something in, it doesn't feel good. It makes you angry because you're constantly thinking about it. But if you can forgive the person who's wronged you, it's like releasing a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Brad, it's interesting because, you know, we pray that Lord's Prayer frequently. I wonder, do we really pay attention to that, that core statement, you know, forgive us our trespasses or debtors or Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes. So forgiveness is is kind of a core center to that prayer that Jesus taught as a model prayer. And I think it's an important aspect of that, just what Angel said about it's forgiveness is really for ourselves. <laughs> it really is uh, for others. Well, and part, and I think the the flip side of that reflection, it, you know, when we think about how others have harmed us is really doing some deep inner work, reflecting on how on the harm that we've caused others. They're part of it too, and, and as we do that, that's a really humbling journey, because often we don't we don't really sit with that uh, the harm that we've that we've caused, um, and so that's a really important part of this process too. Yeah. Well, Bishop, this is a conversation that could go on and on and on, couldn't it? And it should go on, right? It should. And uh, it should. But let's conclude with this thought. The, the theme of the Bishop's podcast is to be encouraged. So I just really would like to hear what's encouraging to all of us here to conclude with. And Bishop, if you could conclude our time together here with you, what are your encouraged about in a prayer? So let's just, let's just start with Samantha. Samantha, what's one thing you are encouraged by as we conclude our conversation today? I think I'm encouraged just by the connection I have with all of the other peacemakers and how much I think that we're going to be able to do just in all of our planning that we've done over the last couple of days. That's what really encourages me and makes me really excited for the future. Awesome. Timothy, how about you? What's something that encourages you today? I'm really just encouraged by the peacemakers in general. I'm encouraged that people can come together and work on making this world a better place. And I feel like the the more peace work makers we can have together, the more better that the world can be. Angel, how about you? Something you uh, would consider a, a, something to be encouraged about? I'm deeply encouraged by these two. Um, I'm deeply encouraged by all of the young people that we're working with, that we've worked, uh, walked alongside with over the past couple of years. We 
sometimes it looks like the world is falling apart if you just get on social media and a lot of chaos. They give me hope. You know, Dr. King said the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And sometimes we have to put ourselves around hopeful situations and 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 people, young people who are doing hopeful things for us to be able to have the perspective, to see that arc bending and then be a part of it. And Bishop has said this before, you know, uh, we got to be arc benders, you know, and, yes. and these two and the other students are bending that arc and we get a front row seat. So that is deeply encouraging to me, um, knowing that they are doing the work that they're doing and knowing that there are young people all over our conference, all over the state, all over the country and world uh, who are ready and willing to, to lead now. Um, so that, that gives me a lot of, a lot of hope and encouragement. That's, that's awesome. Well, Bishop, before you give your final comments and your uh, closing prayer, if you will, I just want to give my personal word of thanks to Angela and Samantha and Timothy from, from the book, from Alive Fort Wayne and the Peacemaker Academy. They sacrifice an uh, important time in their schedule, uh, their their circle time to be with us here today. And I want to give my personal uh, thanks to them, show that I am certainly encouraged by your work. So Bishop, a final word that you are encouraged by, maybe you can pray for everybody involved here too. I'll be, I'll be glad to. And I would just make an appeal to, to Angelo, Timothy, and Samantha that, when this podcast is published that, you know, you'll have an opportunity to also to push it out and have people hear, hear you on the podcast. Uh, we think it's, we think it's part of leadership development as well for people to see, um, uh, di- see and experience us on different platforms. I'm paraphrasing uh, a, a paragraph from where do we go from here, chaos or community, then I will close with the prayer. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing from Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, on uh, chaos or community. Uh, Peacemaking is not something that we find, but something we must create. Peace. What we find when we enter these mortal planes is existence. But existence is the raw material out of which all life must be created. Listen to this. A productive and happy life is not something that you find, It is something that you make. Let us pray. Loving God, for the gift of encouragement, we give you thanks and praise. And for these who have given up their time and their witness, Timothy, Angelo, Samantha, we ask your blessings. And upon all of the students who are participating uh, this summer in the Peacemaking Academy in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And for others who may hear this podcast, who want to be encouraged and encourage others in the work of peacemaking. We ask that you would grant us the power, the will, and the fortitude uh, to do one thing at a time. Uh, Do small things with great joy. Bless us, O God, not that we might brag about our blessings, but that we might be instruments of your blessing, your instruments of your peace, your justice, and your love. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for and we thank you for joining us here today on the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Treble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world.
What a powerful podcast episode we had here today on To Be Encouraged. I know that you are as impressed as I am with the folks from Alive Fort Wayne. You can find them at AliveFW.org uh, under the direction of, of their director, Reverend Angel Manti. And then the particular program we were talking about here today, the Peacemaker Academy, and how impressive were these two students, Timothy Poindexter, a student at Southside High School in Fort Wayne, and Samantha Morris, a student at Northrop High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they're making a difference, aren't they? Does not, not uh, The theme of our podcast here is being encouraged, and I am tremendously encouraged by uh, young people overall and their impact on our world, but particularly when I see young people like this stepping forward to take leadership in something as important as breaking the cycle of violence and starting right there on their own homes and in their own schools and their own community. And I hope that you heard the transferable principles that we talked about. Let's just talk about for a minute a few, two or three of key points that I really would like for you to take away about this transformative process of building an intentional, uh, an intentional beloved community. Three things at least here. One, number one is forgiveness as a process of personal liberation. That forgiveness is not about condoning or forgetting or for, for uh, forgetting the harm caused by another, but really it's all about self-healing and liberation. And you cannot uh, find true self-healing and liberation without forgiveness. It's not about retribution, which violence often is. It's about telling stories, about naming the harm, and forgiving others for your benefit. I heard that from all of our guests here uh, today, forgiveness, the power of that. And certainly what greater Christian biblical principle is there than, than forgiveness. Secondarily, second key takeaway is that peacemaking is active, intentional, and necessary. That peacemaking is not just the absence of violence, but the active pursuit of justice and the creation of positive peace. And the Peacemaker Academy in Fort Wayne, Indiana, exemplifies this, which is equipping these young people with the tools and the knowledge to address violence and trauma and conflict wherever they find it. And they are in that process, they are certainly following the example of Jesus and what he teached and preached you know, about blessed are the peacemakers, for they will inherit the earth. And it, it, it involves getting involved with challenging situations, to be sure, and confronting conflict, being involved, being engaged, be willing to take action. And that's what we mean by bending the arc, as we mentioned in the title of this podcast. And that's uh, a metaphor that Martin Luther King Jr. uses to bend the arc towards justice, means to actively get involved. The third channel, relationships. That means you talk to one another. And that means creating pockets of a beloved community where everybody is valued and supported and, and is essential. And this is part of a thriving together is rooting for one another. And we saw this at the power of intentional relationships in the Peacemaker Academy where they talked about these what they called the circles, which are smaller, more intimate groups and where they fostered connections, where they dealt with uh, with the, the with the the tough stuff that's going on in people's lives, and they were working together in that you know just like in in Acts uh, chapter two where people lived together and supported one another and had everyone's interest in mind. 
That's what we were talking about here. There's just three takeaways. What are your takeaways that you want to learn from the witness of, of Angelo and Samantha and Timothy and Bishop Trimble and myself? How can you apply it to your church and your ministry situation and your community? That's really what uh, the To Be Encouraged podcast is all about, is encouraging you. Of course, a lot of what we heard here today is to be reminded about the impact of Jesus, the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, and great uh, and great leaders like Martin Luther King Jr., who have put a framework upon this process of peacemaking, and that's so important about being actively uh, in- engaged, about some wisdom and courage and the fortitude to be a peacemaker in your community. The To Be Encouraged podcast exists to help be a tool in your life, to help bring you practical things to do to apply in your mission and ministry. And with you, thank you for joining us here today, to joining Bishop Trimble and myself as we continue to bring these messages to your ears and to your mission and to your ministry. We're all about offering an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. We hope that you join us next time here on To Be Encouraged and to share the good news with others that you who think may enjoy this podcast. But join us again next time. We'll bring another great message to encourage you in your life and ministry. So until next time, good people, for Bishop Julius C. Trimble, I am Reverend Dr. Brad Miller reminding you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T O B E. E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D dot com or connect through Apple Podcast where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and never forget, God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it.